Hi, this is Sedge Thompson. Welcome to this special audio highlights podcast from West Coast Live. For more information about our shows and other guests and podcasts, wcl.org. My next guest on West Coast Live is a poet and author. Uh, his uh, books include Echoes of a Distant Summer and Standing at the Scratch Line. He's a very, uh, from all my experiences uh, having conversations with him, a, a very sweet man, but sometimes he writes novels that are set in some of the darkest places of America, mm-hmm. but he also writes very inspirational poetry as well. Could it be genetic? His mother is also here today, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Maya Angelo. Please welcome Guy Johnson to West Coast Live. Thank you. Thank you. So how was your mom's cooking? I thought it was very good. As a matter of fact, um, I still eat some of those recipes that she has in her current memoir. But I have to tell you, it's a little strange preceding her. I spent my life following her. (laughs) (laughs) So here you are, the opening for your mom, then. (laughs) The opening act. (laughs) You you had an uncle who referred to you once as a kid as a crumb crusher? No? Not to me directly. <laughs> <laughs> but, he, but he was somebody who looked after you when, uh, as well when you were growing up. Um, yes, uh, but you have to rem- remember, memory is selective, and I have totally X'd that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been revived for all of us in your mother's cookbook, so... Uh... That's the issue with your mother writing about you. A lot of things get revived you'd prefer to have forgotten. <laughs> Well, let's move on into uh, to your work. You brought some uh, some poems, and when you when you set out to write a poem, uh, is it is it inspired by something in the news, by by a memory, by uh, uh, an emotion? Um, most of the time, uh, sometimes things linger. My, I'm glad my wife's not here, uh, because sometimes I get up in the middle of the night around three o'clock in the morning, and I, I have this idea and this thought. And uh, it's like being a sculptor. You get out there with a chisel and a hammer and you knock off pieces until you have the essence of what you're looking for. And then you try to wrap it in lyricism and imagery. You know, um, it's a little bit of work. Do you you go... No money in it. Do you, did, do you wake your uh, wife up and say, hey, listen to what I've just read? No, because that would be dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not paid well enough for that kind of risk. <laughs> no, she has the capacity to make my life hell while being legal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't let that out of the room here today. I, uh... I hope she's not listening. <laughs> Well, we hope she is. I mean, it proves the ratings for the show. I don't know. The, um, uh, let's hear a poem of, of yours, if, you, if that's all right. Yeah, I'd like to, but I'd like to give a little, this is a little precursor of something that got me up in the middle of the night. I brought two poems about parental love. And given the condition of the world uh, at this point in the time, I wanted to read something uh, called Oklahoma City, 1995. Shirts coiled on the floor, tossed with frisbee spins. Stuffed animals grinning from unkempt beds, while fallen plastic heroes lie in a line, a defense against the shadows in the closet. It's a scene from an uncompleted play that will never reach the public stage. 
our last token and gift of those now gone. What a strange and haunting present this. So what are we to do with their silent room? Shall we strip away all the evidence of the lives that once resided here and create a blank space without a past? Every day is a pattern of changelessness. We march to and fro, to work and back, down the street, up the stairs, across the floor, without ever arriving where we want to be. No longer does the shrill laughter echo. Quiet is the drumming of tiny feet. A gift from God has been stolen, and no man-made court can bring us justice. So what do we do with their cluttered room? Shall we leave the sad disarray untouched to preserve the memory in a crypt just down the hall from where we now pace? In the grating silence, we're not alone. Voiceless companions await our return. Sleep is a friend that stands just beyond reach. And there is no greater foe than wakefulness. We ask you, what do we do with their room? When a child grows past the realm of the nest, this grim question has no strange inertia. Thus we ask, do we give away their toys? Guy Johnson wrote that nine years ago. Uh, there is that sense of loss, and it's a, it's, a, it's a universal loss. Children in any room anywhere in the world. Yes, it is, and what it came from was a mother of twins standing in the ruins. <laughs> Crying, and it touched my heart because I love people and I love human beings, and to see somebody struck down in such a way, it compromised me. It made me get up and write this, and it still tears at my heart today. Thank you, Guy Johnson. There are thoughts in, in this world and experiences that, make us, that are making us all get up in the middle of the night nowadays. Unfortunately, we have been pressed to the precipice, and we know not where we go from here. Uh, it's difficult to see the rewards of the particular path that we're on. But uh, it's such a complicated problem, there is no simple solution, and I think there should be a lot of flip-flopping while we work out what's right. <laughs> I, I always thought that changing one's mind was a sign of an, of an intelligent, educated mind. You get new information and you, you sort of, well, maybe you need to change our perspective a bit here. Uh, please, Lord. That's all I can say. I mean, I think everyone needs to hang on to what we have. This is a great country because it is so free, and we have the right to change our destiny here. And if we only get a hold of our consciences and the information, I think we can do it. I hope we can do it. Poet Guy Johnson here on West Coast Live. <laughs> the next one is called The Twilight Miracle. Yes, uh, this is something that uh, we had two, t well, we had a teenager at home and a younger son. And believe me, it seemed like they were trying to drive us crazy. <laughs> and uh, um, sometimes you don't really see the rewards of being a parent until your child needs you. And then it tears open your heart. I only write poetry about things I really care about, so these things bring tears to my eyes because I feel the energy that created them. 
sort of weird, but you know. <laughs> but but how could you how could you not write a poem that's about what you feel? You don't know how many people in this audience have ignored the poem that was within them that did not turn to the pen and paper in time, and it evaporated with the passage of the days. The poetry is in all of us. We are all creative. We nearly need to ask ourselves. Take the time. Is that a lesson that you learned early? No, my mother tried to teach many things. <laughs> <laughs> I ignored what I could. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So shall I read it? Please. Okay. Pardon me, folks. Uh, I have to gather myself. Okay. The Twilight Miracle. The travail is a path of long, tedious hours of sweat burning the eyes, the tremor of tired muscles, when every breath is audible, and at the end of the day there seems little energy for anything but anger. This I bring home, tethered and restrained, hidden by the exhaustion on my face. There is no release in sleep. My mind has not been used. Only its vehicle is out of fuel. Widened eyes are kept open by marching thoughts. I step into a gridwork of changing routines with the weight of, uh, of a household with children. My wife's fleeting touch as evening begins is all that we share before fatigue finds us lying on the edge of sleep. We have almost nothing for each other. In the night, a small voice calls out in fear. I pull against the glue of sleep and break free. A frightened, teary-eyed face appears at our door. I open my arms and welcome this image of blood. Against, the, against my chest, the quaking ceases. The measured movement of sleep returns. I had thought that I was spent and squeezed dry. Yet I find myself by the ancient wells of my ancestors and have renewed strength to pull from deep within the liquid love of time and attention. I look into my child's sleeping face and I see God. I see what God meant. I see what God meant in creating our star-crossed species. The sense and scheme of things too large, perhaps divine, sunders me and turns me into a child in awe. I am neither sculptor nor shaper nor master to this child. I am at best a, a locksmith. I provide the love from which the keys are forged that open the inner doors, doors through which adulthood must be accessed. Morning begins with the stridency of alarms. My wife and I ready ourselves for the new day. Scampering children impede well-oiled movement. We are now herd animals stampeding for the door. <laughs> the wonder of the miracle has evaporated, but its memory drives me onward and forward. Guy Johnson, and it's called The Twilight Miracle. I would love to have a copy of that put on my refrigerator. Please. We all need to. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know, there's... It's, 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 uh, 
it's so important that parents know that in so many ways we are guides and caretakers, that these children are entrusted to us. They're not our kind of property, and, and uh, we don't... through us. They pass through us. Yeah. We don't own them. And my mother was very clear about that, you know. Uh, she was very helpful in my family that I grew up in. Children were seen and not heard, and my mother said, no, you have the right to protest. Just be polite and bring new information. I don't want to hear the same thing twice. <laughs> yeah, I used it with my kids. It didn't work, but I tried it. <laughs> or maybe it did. You have to wait about 30 years. <laughs> Guy Johnson, who's... Uh other books uh, and collections include uh, Echoes of a Distant Summer and Standing at the Scratch Line. And you can uh, find his website through uh, aalbe.com slash author slash Guy Johnson dash HTM. Those slashes sound so... There's got to be some other... <laughs> yeah, Jack the Ripper-ish. Right. Yeah. I know, I know. Except Cut. they're forward slashes. I think his are backward. Are they? <laughs> You researched the case? <laughs> no, I wasn't on the cutting edge of that. Yeah. <laughs> did, did your mother tolerate puns at the dinner table? I was cut off. For, she didn't talk to me once for two months. But, you know, strangely, that wasn't too bad. <laughs> All because of a pun or something else? Yeah, um, no, she... Well, you see, you can use up puns. Uh, for example, by the time I was 14, I knew every pun you could make on the human body. You know, pull my leg, all that, give me a hand, uh, uh, ears to you, doc. You know, all of that. <laughs> you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so she sort of got tired of it. But So it took a little work to, you know, find new material. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you know, I, I have to say that uh, Lorraine uh, uh, has, has made a, uh, a piece of her caramel cake that uh, I just had a sample of. It was the sort of cake that when you eat it, you want to just stop doing anything else in life and sit down and send somebody else out to host the show while you finish the cake. Well, I can understand that, and I think you should get your just desserts. <laughs> guy Johnson. What a guy. Here we are. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Edge Thompson. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Try out others from West Coast Live right here, and we look forward to having you in one of our audiences one day. For more information, wcl.org.